Hello and welcome to Ravonas and Rhythms. I'm Alex Lawson. And I'm James DeVise. Welcome to the show where we tour the world, bringing you stories about music and football. And we've been waiting to bring you this particular episode for basically three series, haven't we, <laughs> Yeah, I guess we have. Um, it was my third time in Dakar. Um, and it's such a vibrant, lovely, amazing place. Uh, people are brilliant. So I'm really excited to bring you some features from that country. Yeah, Boost is basically going to give us a little tour of the music, the football and the atmosphere uh, of uh, Dakar and Senegal. We've got some great stuff to play you over the course of this episode. Uh, but we're going to start with a rather special interview that we managed to snap. Yeah, it's uh, Chion Sek. Uh, he's a massive Mbala star in Senegal and one of the godfathers of Senegalese music, really, along with Baba Mao and Yusuf Ndor. Perhaps slightly less famous overseas, maybe because he doesn't speak English, but uh, a huge, huge star in, in Senegal. Um, he started off with the orchestra Baobab, uh, which uh, I'm sure many of you would have heard. Of course, Baobab is the kind of national tree of Senegal. I've actually got a Senegal shirt with that Baobab uh, tree uh, sort of in, in the design. It's really cool. Yeah, it's kind of like a transparency on the shirt. It's one of the most interesting kit designs you'll see, actually. But it, it, because probably when you see it on the telly, you might not actually show up that well. Uh, but it's, it's nicely done. Yeah, it's such an iconic kind of silhouette that it really works as a design for stuff. Chion started off with Orchestra Baobab and then he's went on to forge a very successful solo career. And so you actually went to his studio, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Uh, we mentioned this in the, uh, the African Women's episode that because I, I also managed to catch up with Angie Tonton in his house. But uh, yeah, we managed to, to go to his house, which is also his recording studio. And he's got not just one, but two or three across different levels of this uh, amazing house. Um, so he wants to record podcasts in there, I should hope. He's, he was busy recording his new album, which is now out. So check that out. It's featuring lots of different artist so he's collaborated a lot and that's one of his things he loves to experiment with different styles of music as well so this album's a, a mix of different styles from across the world so here i am talking to chion sec with my friend shona hamilton um acting as a a very competent uh, translator as so a french is a lot better than mine um so you'll also hear her voice as well so here we go chion sec Hi, um, welcome to Rabonas and Rhythms. I'm very excited to be in Dakar, Senegal, in uh, an amazing looking music studio with all kinds of kit around. And uh, sitting with me is an absolute legend of Mbala music, which is uh, a very, very popular music in Senegal. Um, it's John Sec. Bonjour, bonsoir. <laughs> Bonjour, bonsoir. Mais on dit Mbala. Mbala. Mbella. Hi everyone, Alex here, storming onto the pitch like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in the 85th minute. I'm going to be subbing in for Chion Sec, translating him into English. So here you go. So my first question, what is what is Mbala music? Pour ceux qui connaissent pas Mbala, c'est un petit instrument. For those who don't know Mbala, it's a small instrument, the smallest of the tam-tam instruments, but the most important because that's the instrument which has become the rhythm of all music. Pick-pack, pick-pack, pick-pack. It's like cac, cac, 
metronome. We call it the metronome. So that little instrument, which is called mbala, is the most important of all. So a tribute has been paid to the music of Senegal. It's a very distinctive sound. I wondered why you think it's so popular in, it's become so popular a style in Senegal. It's natural. Why has reggae become so popular? Because it's reggae music. Mbala too. It's Mbala music. The only difference is that reggae has been well supported, but not Mbala music. Because where you live, the Europeans, there are those who understand Mbala very well. There are some who dance Mbala off beat because they say they don't understand the tone. There are those who say it's very good music. There are those who say that it's a complicated kind of music. I'm really interested in how you, your early career and how you became a musician. I started with the wrestling ceremonies. It's the ceremony in which you have to be cut. You have to have your willy cut. They call them the cascades. I started with that. I was 12 years old. I was singing at a very early age, very, very early. C'est la musique traditionnelle. You can sing, you can dance, you can do whatever you like. It's a very good accompanying music. Why, why do you think that uh, Senegalese music in particular has become so popular around the world? Because in certainly where I'm from in England, people love West African music and in particular Senegalese music. What, in your opinion, why is that? First of all, because there are all those Africans in England, Gambians, Senegalese, and they have Senegalese music in the blood. It's the white man who tries to speak Gambian and Senegalese, but it's one country and one country only. Although they have their official language, which is the English language, they have a good understanding of Wolof. They dance in Bala like the Senegalese people. So that as well, that's all part of it. That makes Senegalese music popular. Apart from that, another thing, Senegalese music is not bad, it's very beautiful. I've done concerts where there were white people who danced like Senegalese people and better. Wow, wow. Clearly, you get a great kick out of playing live in those situations. What, what's it been like touring the world uh, as, a, as a Senegalese man? Very difficult, very costly, very hard, especially when it's cold. The climate in Europe is too severe. That's why even the people are difficult. You can see in the underground, everyone is like that, reserved, uncommunicative. Le froid. The cold, the cold. It's not good. It makes people a little bit misunderstood. Talking about you know life being different in, in Europe, um, there's lots of people who think that in Senegal think that you know going to Europe is the answer. They haven't understood anything about it. They haven't understood that, well, they're going to have a hard time. 
what are your favorite styles of Senegalese music? I'm sure Umbala is one of them, but um, what, are, what are John's influences? If it's a passion for me, then yes. Everyone knows that I have a style a little bit Spanish, a little bit Hindu. Mbala music in general is very varied because everyone has his own style. Baba Mal's style is nothing like Chionsek's style. Every singer has his own characteristic. So for me, my characteristic is very clear because of the Hindu spirit. When you hear a sound, I have so much with this music, I can do anything with it. I can do composites with Hindu tunes, they're mine. So that brings us to the project which you have at the moment, Pan-African, if I've understood correctly. I always have the trademark Pan-African project. I don't even have the means for this project, but we're doing it gradually. I want to prove to those who have conspired against me to hide the image of Chionsek that I'm an artist and I'm still capable of doing artistic things. Hi, I'm Emil Heskey and you're listening to Rabonas and Rhythms. So uh, that was Tion Sec. I just want to say thank you very much to Shona and also Am, uh, two friends of mine who were so generous in setting up that interview for me. Um, and also just to say I was out actually in Senegal working on a documentary with Shona and uh, my sister Jane as well, um, who's also a journalist. And um, that's called Angels. It's about IVF in Senegal and fertility issues for women. Um, so just off the back of our African women's episode, that's a really interesting documentary and also a, a short film. Those films should be coming out soon. So now I want to give you a tour of a very special place. It's Ngor village in Dakar, Senegal. This is Shewa and Club Okuti and you're all listening to Rabona and Rhythms. Kick it! Now the year we're where? So tell us about Ngor. Uh, Ngor, it's a commune of the city of Dakar. Um, population is around 20,000 and it's the westernmost tip of Dakar. So mm. when you look at it on the map, um, Dakar is actually surrounded on three sides by water. Um, so Ngor is right on the beach and the houses are built right down to the beach, um, which is really interesting. But also the, the, the houses are all kind of higgledy-piggledy, mm. um, mixing together. And it's a real wabbit, rabbit warren of different alleyways and sprawling kind of family compounds that just you, you just get lost. <laughs> I managed uh, this trip, actually, was the first time that I kind of got my bearings. Got but it took me sentence. three trips. <laughs> Oh, well, I'm, I'm definitely going to have you as a guide if, if and when you ever take me there. Uh, and, and what are the people like? Uh, well, the people in Vangora are predominantly the Labu tribe. They speak uh, Wolof, um, and the Labu people are fishing people. They, they still go spear fishing in the sea for food now, mm. and for generations that's what they've done. Um, but now loads of people do other jobs as well, they're not just fishermen. Um, the Labu Society kind of emphasizes piety and respect for elders, and they also have very close-knit family networks. 
um, and you can really you can really see that and when you meet people people are very respectful and uh, polite and um, they give you their time and they're always you know want to help you and um, and want to engage with you um, other Labu centres are kind of, uh, the nearby Yoff, which is just along the coast, and Wakam and Cameroon in, in Dakar. There's also an island just off, uh, just called, called Ngor Island actually, and you can actually see it from the beach. Um, and you can get um, boats over there, and that's kind of become a tourist hotspot. And actually, uh, Senegalese musicians, including Akon, I'm told, yeah. have houses over there. Oh, really? Yeah. Little pads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. In the UK, certainly, people don't necessarily know much about it or even have heard of the country. But mm. for French people, it's quite. they have a lot of Senegalese people who've come to live in France and now second, third generation. Obviously, the colonial history there yeah. and the language connection. Mm. But a lot of the, the French team are have Senegalese roots mm -hmm. um, as well, of course, as other parts of Africa and, and the Caribbean. And that's why the Senegalese victory over France uh, in the World Cup uh, in 2002 was such a big deal that Papa Boubidiot goal changed the Senegalese football scene. My name is Idrissa Jai and I come from Senegal. Zidane was in the restaurant. They was interviewing him in the restaurant and uh, Zidane uh, had a chicken in front of him and he said, uh, okay, today I'm eating chicken. I will beat Senegal like I'm eating the chicken. And uh, the Senegalese uh, people keep that in mind. And they was really upset about it. And they say, this time we're gonna beat France. He think uh, we were nothing. That's why we show him uh, football is, any team can win. They win it one nil when the goal is going on yeah everyone jump at the same time yeah the whole of dakar was on its feet yeah all of dakar was on their feet and they just go around the streets uh, the cars honing everyone <laughs> jumping on the top of the cars everything yeah going on yeah that was amazing yeah So that was such a classic game, that one. So as trailed, Bruce is going to give us an audio tour of Ngor, and he starts the story on the narrow streets and bazaars of Ngor uh, with the Taraba singers chanting late into the night. I'm in Ngor village, Dakar, where I've been staying for the past week now. And I stayed here once before about five years ago. And um, being back, it's just reminded me how magical this place is. It's a village in the city of Dakar, right on the sea. A rabbit warren of little alleyways and streets, kids spilling out, people talking to each other and the sights and sounds as you walk through. It's, it's, it's so atmospheric at any time of the day, but it's really around now about 10 o'clock at night that it really comes alive for me. Um, as you can probably hear, there's some drumming and singing going on. Music and football are just part of life here and they're just everywhere. And certainly music can be heard most of the time, whether it's coming from speakers or people making music live. It's just a um, massive part of life. The, the thing to, to kind of note is that there's just a different attitude to noise here. So making a racket at 10 o'clock at night, even midnight, doesn't really matter so much.
the music you just heard is part of religious life here and it's really respected you know hugely respected um, pastime for 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 these people <laughs> it's not exactly like club music or, or a gig you know rebellious music playing and pissing residents off like in gentrified areas of London um, it's <laughs> it's uh, it's completely different even though when you go in there it's like a gig the, the, they, they crank up the the speakers and it's distorted as anything and it's like a punk gig or something it's pretty amazing I'm Idris Njai and I grew up here in Ngor village, uh, Dakar, Senegal. That is a Tariha and uh, I'm part of this group. They very often uh, practice this singing and uh, for a bigger event. Why do they sing every Friday like this? Tariha is uh, like a road. In Islam, it's a lot of different road people can follow to go in the direct, the same Point. They are learning the words they say in this song. That's why uh, that they don't use the drum as well. Yeah, so then uh, later in the year they'll have the drummers come along and they'll do a big, big one. Yeah, it can be uh, later in the week as well. And they, and they can sing all night? Yeah, they can sing all night. Uh, yeah, because you know, when you love someone, you're singing for your heart. Uh, from your heart. That's why uh, you can sing uh, f 24 hours without feeling tired. It's kind of meditation because when you are doing it, you will feel good and uh, you forget a lot of bad things. Isn't it annoying? Like, you know, this is quite a built-up neighborhood here, you know, don't people get annoyed in the, with the noise? No, they get used to it because when you grew up in the village and you always hear something and you will just get, get used to it and sometimes uh, you can feel lonely when you don't hear this kind of things you say oh what's happened today can be boring when uh, you have to wake up early in the morning you say oh uh, I need to sleep and they are singing uh, next to your window the call to prayer yes because yeah. it's called it, it, the mosque is very near my window i must say oh, yeah. <laughs> he has woken me up every morning but that's yeah. just part of being in any muslim country isn't it it's a now there are narrow alleyways it's like a maze isn't it this village they have only one uh, registration document for all the village they didn't do any different plots like pl planning planning yes. planning for the i see okay yeah, so the land is is sort of owned communally uh, that's why if you come, you uh, pass your limit and you uh, build a wall there. Someone else come build a wall there. That's why you can have a street for not 0.8 
<laughs> centimeters. <laughs> yeah, some parts is very narrow, yeah, but yeah. It, it adds. It, it does create an incredible atmosphere. Meters, yeah. It's not difficult to to walk around. People are very nice. But the other thing is that people go up. Don't they? So your your family house, you've added some floors, and that's quite normal here, isn't it? To to build to build a few extra floors on your house. Yeah. But it's still a very close knit community. Yeah, we are very close community, and we know all each other. Yeah, we always fight together to get things done. Hey, my name is Angie Tonton and you are listening to Robonias and Radio. And while I was staying in the village, I managed to catch up with uh, Babakar Mbang. Uh, he's an ex-pro whose footballing career took him to Morocco and Tunisia. Hi, Alex here, being the super sub translator. I popped onto the field in the 92nd minute to give a lower league striker an international cap. My name is Babakar Mbeng. I'm 34 years old. I've been in quite a lot of countries through football. I played here in Angor. I played for the junior team in Angor. After that, I played with the police and then in Giroff. Gerard and Dakar, and after that I went to Morocco. I came back and then went to Tunisia. That's where I spent quite a lot of time. I spent eight years there. At the moment I'm back here, and three years of that I've been in Dakar. For the last three years I've played with Olympic Dungo, and this year I've signed with Italy. We live in Angor with the beach, so we're always used to playing with the ball on the beach. That's how we started. Then we started with the football school called Diem Gay. That's how we started to play football. After that, we went through Les Navitan, like all the Senegalese players. Navitan are very important in Senegal. They're a kind of informal sports practice which take place during the rainy season. Les Navitan are the seasonal migrants of the groundnut basin in Senegal. I have no regrets I did what I had to do. I played in Senegal as well, in the very big teams. I was the Senegalese champion. I won quite a lot of trophies. I went to Tunisia as well. I had my professional contract. I had a bit of money which helped my family and my brother. He's gone away. He's a professional now. For me, I've done everything I had to do. I have no regrets, really. In your opinion, is there a football infrastructure in Senegal? No, really, no. That's something that's missing. We know in Senegal that's missing. At the level of infrastructure, it's just not there. I've been to Morocco, I've been to Tunisia, quite a lot of countries in the sub-region. In Mali, in Burkina Faso, in Nigeria, in South Africa, in Egypt, they have stadiums, they have everything. Over there, they live for football. There are lots of stadia where the youngsters can start from a young age. Here in Senegal there are pitches, but they're not really pitches that allow you to start properly. We have the big stadium, 
But the pitches are not like in Tunisia. Mais les terrains vraiment c'est pas comme comme en Tunisie ou bien les infrastructures c'est pas trop ça donc. Dans l'avion, j'ai regardé un film qui s'appelle. On the plane over here, I saw a film called Comme en Lyon. It's a story about a young Senegalese boy who travels to France to play football, but he finds it difficult to play professionally. What are the difficulties for boys who want to play in Europe? The difficulty for the garçons qui veut jouer en Europe. The first thing is the climate, very much so. In winter, it's very cold. If you go to Europe in the winter period, it's quite difficult. Yeah, it's very cold, you understand? That's why a lot of African players leave and afterwards they come back in the summer. You find it easier. Also in Europe, it's a different mentality. But if you're a player, normally wherever you go, you can get used to it. So that's how it is. You go to Europe, you can get used to the mentality. For me, the thing that helped me to have this chance was being around the national team quite a lot, with expat players. They came from France, so you understand the mentality. I know a lot of things through that. So if you go to France or to Europe, it wasn't difficult compared with the player who's just left. So that was lucky for me. I learned from those players who prepared before traveling. Is it mentality amongst players, a dream to play in Europe? Europe. Bien sûr, bien sûr. C'est un rêve vraiment pour tous les joueurs qui, qui jouent ici dans les championnats. Certainly, certainly. It's a dream really for all the players who play in the championships. In Senegal, it's a dream to go and play in Europe because it's different with regards to salaries, with regards to money, with regards to conditions. In all aspects, it's different. So every player who plays here wants to play in Europe to help his family because life over there is better really. It's better so you have more money. C'est mieux. You have money to help your family. It's a dream for all the players who play here in the championships to go and play in Europe. Now there are more possibilities than before. They have partnerships with clubs here, like Generation Foot. They are partners in Europe, so they work with them. If they see a player who is good, they take him. He does his visa, and after that he travels. He trials, and if he's good... Now it's more advanced than before. All the matches are televised, they have video, so everything's easier. Before, we didn't have that. Now, here in Senegal, you can find 10 to 15, 20 players who will travel. So they will find professional contracts. Merci, merci beaucoup. Hi, we are some of Are you listening to Rayburn and Rhythms? That was fascinating. So, Bruce, while you were out in Senegal, you also went to see some live music. Yeah, um, I actually went to see uh, a Sheikh Low gig, um, which was great. Mm -hmm. And um, 
and then I managed to speak to Omar So, who was playing in the band that night. He's a guitarist. He's played with Orchestra Babab, like Gian Sec, uh, and uh, it seems to be a sort of starting point for, for a lot of musicians. Yeah. He, he actually played in the Yusuf and Doors uh, Etoile de Dakar, the original lineup. So I did talk to him about that, which was fascinating. Yeah, so we're going to hear a little bit from him in a second. But Booz, first of all, how was the gig? What was the setup? Yeah, it was fantastic. And uh, this is the interesting thing about the Dakar music scene, right, which has been going since the 70s and 80s. And this is why Yusuf Ndor is famous from these type of gigs. And you walk in and it's a restaurant or a bar with tables. Yeah. So very, very different to... No plastic gig. cups. No, <laughs> no sweaty venues, you mm. know, just like... Um, sticky floors that kind of thing yeah it's 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 plush and nice clean and people um, eat dinner mm. and then the band come on start playing and gradually <laughs> it gets going and people start to stand up and then yeah. by the end the tables are cleared and everyone starts <laughs> but that takes a while that's kind of into the night yeah the, was the etiquette are you sort of polishing off your dessert while people are taking the tables away <laughs> yeah I don't know it just happens uh, yeah, naturally yeah <laughs> it's so different though isn't it to a European gig where we're very much the band will be on at this time you've got this much time to buy as much alcohol yeah. as you possibly can uh, it's, it's yeah I mean different. those two scenes the restaurant scene and the the, the music scene are quite separate aren't they and it's sort of mm. you know it's slightly different people like those two different pursuits whereas really a night out in, in Dakar is is very much both mm. and also a point to make I think is that that the Senegalese generally don't drink it's it's a Muslim nation and mm. um, people generally stick to that and it's just not in the culture to drink you know it's not yes. even a, really a religious thing in many ways mm. and you can't really deny that in the UK the drinking scene is very synonymous with the music scene you know yeah, the two go hand and, hand. and shapes a lot of the music scene as well yeah um, which is interesting because Senegal has a, such a specific sound or or, or or West Africa has a specific sound that we're used to that maybe isn't shaped by that I don't know um, but yeah it's it's an interesting difference between the two nations so we're going to hear from Omar So then so here's your interview with him so because I sort of met you at the Sheikh Lowe um, gig, um, I've really enjoyed it. It was fantastic. It was my, fir my first real experience of being in a restaurant and then, you know, with tables and then... Musician, yes. like Sheikh Lowe playing. Absolutely incredible. It was a chance, huh? Yes, you had a good time. It was fantastic. It was really fantastic. The best music I've seen in, in Dakar and for, you know, and for some time in general. So. <laughs> Thank you. He's got a lot of charisma on stage. He's quite a unique character. And, and uh, I've also found it interesting that he plays the drums and sings and he's a frontman, which is quite unusual. Because in, the, in these small uh, venues, some small restaurants, they don't pay a lot. So if you take... Uh, three horns and percussion drummer at the end of the day nobody gets money so Haiz is a drummer in some uh, but but when we go touring he has a drummer but he's he's polyvalent singer he plays timbales guitar drums he's a perfect artist he's he's famous yeah, he's very famous. He's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> I'd agree with you there. <laughs> mm. 
Um, you, 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 have you played with orchestra, Bab, um, yes. or you have connections? When I was young, going to school, I was learning the songs on guitar. When I started playing guitar, I was learning the, the songs from Baobab, Orchestra Baobab. I, I put the, the, the music, take my guitar and try to pick some notes. But after, I played with them. That's the dream, as a, as a boy to learn and, and then actually play with that band. Yes, and I was in the studio. I was the assistant production for the first album because my wife was living here and working with Yusundur. She's Irish. So with Nick Gold, you know Nick Gold? He's the world circuit. He's doing Fatumata Yawara, they do Umu Sangare, Buena Vista Social Club, Orchestra Baobab, Ali Farka, all these things. He's in London. It's a, it's a label, music production. And Yusundur was involved also in the production because Nick Gold wanted to, someone who is experienced and have studios and know about production to do this production. So I went with London with all Orchestra Baobab, Yusu and me. After that, Batelemi was living in Togo, so they had problems with visas and, and uh, some festivals. I played with them. And the last album, I played a few songs in London. They're a, good, they're a great band that I really... Yes, they are great and it's a mix. That's what I like. It's the salsa music, jazz. It's different things. That's the real music for me. Because we have all the, these influences, so we have to use them. When, when new styles are invented, you know, when we look back <laughs> on musical styles, it's, it's always different cultures coming in, mixing, and that's, then creating something the new. That's the real thing. That's the real one. Because even jazz and all these things, it's a mix. But tell me a little bit about Yusundur. I remember going to Vancouver in 1989. I was in my room with the drummer Papjian. This is when you're in Les Etoiles, Les Super Etoiles. Yes, because I was. Well, that's uh, just Yusundur's band for the, I for the audience. I was in France in uh, 1980. But he called me back here. He paid me the ticket to come back to Senegal. To play, to, to play with him? Yes. But I remember with the drummer who likes jazz, Abib Faye. You know Abib Faye? No, I, sorry, I don't. He passed away. Okay. Away, mm, some four months ago. I'm sorry if he was a close yes. friend of yours. Uh, he was a famous bass player. He loved a lot of Jaco Pastoris, you know? Jaco yes, I know, I do know him, yeah. You know that we were playing Balakh differently because we, we love the jazz and we want the, the jazz we, we know to, to transpose it and put it in our way in Balakh. And he did well with that. So I remember with the drummer who, who loves uh, Steve Gadd, who loved uh, uh, many drummers. And uh, we were listening to Al Jarro because you know, sometimes we put some music, Kora music we listen. But at, just at that time he came, we were listening to Al Jarro. And we were there, yeah, boy, look, listen to the drummer, oh, the bass. Yeah, yes, you saw oh, the chords, nice. The, the, you know, the bridge here is nice. And he used to say, oh, this is jazz. I'm not interested. So who, sorry, who used to say that? Yusuf. Yusuf. When he came in the room, 
he found us listening to jazz. He said, oh, this is bullshit. He said, what? What do you say? These great musicians. So it's not the way he, he learned music. It's very important the way, because he could do that. He could change a lot of things. I used to play and you, you say, no, 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 this is too American. You see why American? Because just I, this was my influence. That's all. I wanted to put it in this mix, but he was rejected. So when you, you select that, you feel he's the boss. I don't want you to play this. But what do you want me to play? Even can tell me what to play. You should do. I respect. Because for me, there is two kinds of artists. The one who wants to change the world and the one who is looking for money. He's looking for money. Got it. He knew that with music, he can do business with music also. He, he knew that, so he started doing the business. Now he's a billionaire, multi-multi-billionaire. Politically, what's his political views? The, the second president of Senegal was Abdujouf. Yusundur was with Abdujouf. After Abdujouf, you have Ab Ablaywat. He was with Ablaywat. After he fired Ablaywat to go out. After Ablaywad, he was with, he is with the, 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 the present one. So you know what I mean? It, yeah, he sways like the wind a bit. He goes where the business is, where the money is, he's there. What if Yusundor had got been president, because you know, he ran for president, would he have changed that? Would he have, would he have invested he in could, music? He could, but his, his itinerary, his history in music, can't uh, let him do that. It was in uh, Europe. I don't want to stay here, really. Maybe I will go, go and come. But for the moment, the ambience, musically, for me, it's very... It's not like before. Why is that? Because now they go to, into productions of Mbalach. You know Mbalach? Like Yusundu, Walisek, uh, Papjouf, Girls, Ida Samb, and difference, but they are producing a lot uh, recording because now recording is easy. So, but it's a problem. Is there too much music, too much Mbala music? Yes, around? too much Mbala. And here in Senegal, we had a heritage, a big one. Yes. Because President Senghor was a poet and he, he was very involved in culture, in arts. But today's presidents are in the economic you know, business, yeah, capitalism. They forget about arts, and it's fundamental for, for, for a country. These people playing Mbalah, exclusively Mbalah, we will be in our corner. That's not good, because we have to be open also for messages, for exchanging, 
for uh, pr uh, promoting, for to, to share with different music also, because we have, for me, I have all these influences. But you have Baba Man, and you have Ismail Lo, and you have Yusundu, they open it. But I want more, because you have a lot of talents here, singers, but they don't have experience, and they don't listen to different other music to, to have more power. Yeah, it, it's Mbala seems like it's definitely Senegalese pop music. Yes, it's, yes, it's even not pop music. Yeah, what, what would you describe pop, it as? Pop music, if it was pop, it can go somewhere. But it's not pop music, it's, not a, it's just rhythm. But melody, uh, computers, they, you can now, with loops, samples, you just push a button and you have a rhythm hip-hop or jazz or reggae or whatever. A lot of dance music. Yeah, yes, yeah. and after you put Electronic. loops, harmonies, but the melody, you have to create it. You can push a button and have a melody, no, because melody is coming from from us, from from your heart, from your inspiration, from your experience and f f so many things. Here we used to have big musicians. Duke Ellington came here. Michael Jackson came here. James Brown came here. Celia Cruz from Cuba came here. Johnny Hallyday came here. At that time, you have many more. And you have, we had a jazz festival in 1979 for six months. You know about jazz? That's a long festival. <laughs> yes, Stan Getz was here. DJ Gillespie, you know the trumpet? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was here. And many more. Sony 14. And, uh, and who else? Uh, Tommy Flanagan. You know, uh, Buster Williams. You know, Ron Carter. They were here. So what happened? What happened? Uh, but, but after the change, when they come to Mbalach. What are your favorite kind of styles of Senegalese music? Of Senegalese music? First of all, is a salsa, is a Cuban music. Maybe rhythmically, we are close to them. Yusundur has been influenced by that. Orchestra Bauba, not the harmony, because the harmony is very, is a very Spanish. Here we speak French, but I don't know. Maybe they they came here Spanish. They came here and on the music uh, in Spain, they have been influenced by Arabic music also. If you go to Nigeria, it's different. You go to South Africa, it's different. Different simply. When I was in London, it was different people there. Zimbabwe, Nigerians, South Africans, Ghanaians. They have different cultures. So I, I'm not, I was not really, I, I can play with South Africans or Ghanaians, but I'm not in the, I don't have the codes in their music traditional music or can play with them, but they have this influence, so it's different.
for me, Paris was the right place for me. Because Ivorians, Burkina Faso, Mali, Guinea, we speak French, we know the culture a bit, so it was easier for me to be involved. Uh, and musically as well. Yes, yes. That, 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 I mean, that's fascinating to yes. me that, 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 that the music is obviously, you know, similar in those countries because they're Francophone African countries. Yes. Because for me, music is a sound of, of a city. When you go, when you go in the taxi, you, you be in a taxi, you put the, the radio, what you listen? Aliseka, Yusundur, Mabamal, Kumbakalo. But you go to Mali, finish. You Omusangare, Salif Keita, you go to London, oh, it's different. <laughs> you, you hear different music because it's a different place. What are you up to now? What, what kind of projects are you doing? And what's your, you know, what's the kind of music you're into at the moment? I don't want to be involved. I want to be free. Like I told you, Yusu is involved in politics now. He's in, with the president. He has to be with him. If you are not with him, he will fire you. I'm with justice. I'm with love, I'm with what is right to do, you see? Well, that's really what a musician should be, I think. And that's yes, my personal. Yes. You just be who you are. You, you can't be an artist. If you're not free, you're not an artist. You have to be free. Hi, I'm Fatimata Jawara. You're listening to Rubanos and Rhythm. That was Umar So. Uh, it sounds like an incredible trip. Yeah, absolutely. And just to mention that that gig, going back to to the Chiek Lo gig, um, he's a great character, Chiek Lo. Um, he's a Sufi and he wears a Rasta hat mm. and he plays, he plays the drums and sings, very unusual. And he's mm. got this kind of amazing languid sort of style and the expression on his face when he's grooving away on the drums is like, kind of juts his jaw out a bit, a bit of a pout. And it's it's really this is very, very distinct. Your impression, you're doing impression. It's very Mick Jagger. It's lovely, Mick Jagger on the drums. Yeah, but not in a in an arrogant way like yeah. Mick Jagger. It's just he's just loving it so much. Yeah, that it's just what he looks like when he's playing the drums. It's it's awesome. You should check out some YouTube videos or something. Yeah, I think you took some videos out there, which we have on our socials. So please do uh, follow us for that, particularly on Instagram. We've got loads of great photos from the trip that uh, will be going up on there uh, when we put this out. Uh, so that has been our Senegal special. Thank you, Boos, for touring us uh, around the country's music and football. Absolutely. And the one thing to say is that we've we've now covered Belarus, Senegal, two countries I have connections with. The one remaining country I haven't done and been to and recorded some stories is Turkey. So we hope to do that at some point. <laughs> yeah, of course, your wife, Atos, is Turkish. So I think it's, it's probably a, a trip to see. Fenerbahce or Galatasaray soon will be, has, uh, has to be Fenerbahce yeah the family t- <laughs> the family ties don't want to be going to Galatasaray <laughs> uh, but yes it sounds like an excuse for a bonus and rhythms trip so if you want to fund that please do get in touch <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's been a pleasure thank you for listening to Rabonis and Rhythms uh, you know where to find us by now on social media Instagram, Twitter and Facebook please do rate us because that really really helps we'd be very grateful so now we're going to leave you with some orchestra bow bow <laughs> I'm a little bit of 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 a little